0: Hey everyone, welcome to the TechPulse Professional Services podcast. I'm Tyler Miller. I'm the president and CEO at TechPulse. I'll be your host today. Joining me, I have Christopher Scamanacci, VP of engineering at TechPulse, and the man himself behind MSPautomator.com, a platform revolutionizing the way MSPs think about automation. And today we're very lucky to have our first special guest, Mikey O'Toole, the creative force and developer behind the Halo API PowerShell module and the renowned authority in Halo PSA and automation. Welcome, Mikey.
1: Pleasure to be here. It's going to be awesome.
2: All right, Chris, uh, you want to kick us off? Can I give a quick rundown of the podcast? Yeah, so today we're kind of looking to expand on what we did with our webinar the other day um, on the Halo PSA you know, best practices, automation, um, kind of, you know, what does an implementation of Halo PSA look like? Is Halo PSA right for my MSP or not? Um, so I think what we're going to cover today is besides, you know, getting some valuable insight from Mikey, who, you know, pretty much wrote the book on how the Halo API works. Um, we want to talk about, you know, what the different perspectives look like for MSPs and why, you know, maybe Halo PSA is the right pick for them. Uh, you know, and maybe we're going to venture off that track and, Maybe not talk about Halo PSA so much, but I think it's everything we've all got in common here. So it's going to be uh, you know heavily focused in that direction. But we really want to get to things about you know like what are the state of MSPs and where is the where does the role of Halo PSA come into that, right? Like uh, it, has it changed the industry as a whole? Uh, why is that? And you know we're going to talk about some cool you know nerd shit too. So
0: sounds good. And that's our first episode, so we're super excited. Kick it off, so um, let's just talk about kind of the state of MSPs currently and the role Halo PSA plays into that, right? Um, how do you guys think uh, Halo stands apart from other platforms? I'll I'll kind of give my two cents on it. Um, obviously, there's a ton of PSAs out there, right? Um, some great, some not so great, um, some legacy platforms. Um, I think there's two main points that stick out in my mind as a business owner. Um, where Halo sets themselves apart, right? Um, That first point being modern infrastructure and their modern software design, right? Um, The interface of other PSAs, not going to name anything specifically. Uh, They're clunky, right? Uh, (laughs) Connected Autotask. You know, they're clunky, uh, and they've attempted to approve them over the years, right? But they just still aren't the best. So, uh, aka the infamous 10,000 Autotask pop-ups, right? Right. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I think the design and customization uh, and control Halo gives us as MSPs um, allows us to work at a much faster pace uh, and improve not only our agent efficiency, uh, but back office operations as well. Um, I think the second point there is the flexibility with automation, which we're going to talk a lot about today. Chris and Mike are experts in that. Um, You know, just to be able to connect external APIs, create custom automation workflows, um, it's invaluable to an MSP, I think, um, to not be put in a box, right? Uh, You know, if you aren't leveraging automation as an MSP, right, you need to be. Um, It saves a ton of man hours and uh, reduces human error a lot, um, which creates a much better experience for your internal team at your MSP and your customers, I think. So, while Halo may not be the perfect match for all MSPs, right? You got to kind of go out there and see what fits best for your needs. Um, I do think it's leap and, leaps and bounds around the other products out there in the marketplace, um, and they also keep iterating on features a lot, right? They're pushing out their roadmap. I mean, it's it's crazy how fast they're pushing out new versions and new features, uh, which I think a lot of the larger legacy PSAs, you know, really slow down on after a while. So,
1: what's really interesting to me is that. Halo has the modern infrastructure and and a really kind of snappy development cadence, but then not a new kid on the block. Uh, the, the predecessor to Halo was Net Help desk It's been around since the you know the late '90s, early 2000s. But fundamentally, Halo is still built around that same core, that same Net Helpdesk application. So really, Net Helpdesk were quite forward thinking in how they built to start with, but when they decided to go the Halo direction they completely scrapped their entire GUI layer and rewrote what we know today as Halo. It, it's it's kind of proof to the other players in the industry that actually, if they cared, if they wanted to do this and modernize their platforms, they all could. So the fact that they haven't means they don't want to, they don't care enough to do it. So yeah, Halo, uh, yeah, they got, they, they, they've got it, but they had to work to get it. They, they didn't design in this way in the first place, which is cool. Yeah,
2: absolutely, and I agree. I... agree with that, right? Um, Net Help Desk was not a super popular or even really well recognized name on this side of the pond. Um, really, it it wasn't on this side either, (laughs) right? Yeah, and uh, you know, and Halo PSA is exactly what it is, right? It's a scrap of the GUI layer, and it's we still see a lot of stuff called Net Help
1: Desk in the back end, right? NHD and NH Agent, yeah, 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 it's
2: all in there. and really, the brilliance and the flexibility of of Halo PSA and NetHelp Desk is the fact that they're just a web API, right? And all they had to do was recreate the front end layer. Yeah, there's a lot of backend changes that have happened since then, obviously. But um, yeah, Halo, they did it. They took the time to actually, you know, recreate their front end and you know make the changes necessary that MSPs needed to move into the future, versus maybe Connectwise and AutoTask where the interface is straight up the same interface you've been looking at for the last 20 years,
1: right? A great risk as well, you know, it can't have been an easy decision for NetHelp Desk Limited as they were then to split into Halo service solutions and to build like what, up to four streams now, Halo PSA, ITSM, Service Desk, and CRM. To split into that business model must have been a huge risk, especially with like no external funding, like Halo is self-funded. They don't have, there's no venture capital firm behind them saying, oh yeah, have another 10 million.
2: Yeah, exactly. And... They did that during COVID too, right? Like the <laughs> the divergence of the brands happened mostly. You know, I think ITSM might have been the first one, right? Or was PSA yeah. the first one? Uh, yeah, ITSM so. was the yeah. first one. Yeah, yeah. and then the, they're like, oh wait, MSPs like this product. Let's let's make a PSA. And uh, yeah, the divergence of the product streams that happened right at the height of COVID. Um, and anybody that was using Halo or going through Halo during COVID can understand like it was tough for them, right? Like. They, the staffing was a problem, getting, you know, enough people trained up, getting implementations done for people. And at the same time, they were still iterating on that product very hard. The Halo PSA that we know today is so wildly different even than the Halo PSA we were working with two years ago. Um, And, you know, props to them for that. It's, they have what it takes. They went through, they, they have the growing pains, but, you know, we've seen some massive improvements.
1: Yeah. We have not that all is perfect, you know. They've still got a way to go in terms of documenting things and kind of that user-friendly piece. But honestly, that feels very different from the challenges with a lot of other products. In that, I'd rather the challenge be finding how to do something than it just not being possible. With Halo, almost anything is possible, and that's that that API layer because the Halo front end we all use is just an API. Everything it can do, you can automate. Everything it can do, you can automate without exception. No other PSA offers that, not one.
2: Not even close. And it's like not even in the same ballpark, right? Apples and oranges. And Halo, I think went into the design of their product with that in mind, right? Because you can see the way that the API is constructed and the way that um, they are not building boxes around us, right? Um, it really speaks that there was some kind of design methodology there that said we know that we don't know things, so we're not going to box you into our ways of doing things. We're going to make you, you know, a truly extensible, flexible product. And if we get it wrong, go do it yourself, and you can, right? There's, like Mikey said, there's nothing you really can't do. Um, you know, even if there's functionality that may not exist. In the front end where you can usually amalgamate whatever few API calls you need to create that functionality yourself externally Um, and usually if your idea is good enough halo will steal it from you and put it (laughs) you know put it in production but uh yeah absolutely i mean it's a well-designed product from the ground up yeah
0: absolutely i think
2: let's talk about the elephant in
0: the room too right which is important to me is you know a lot of people are talking about kaseya and you know they buy these companies up, stop, stop development, things like that. And right recently, Halo made a a promise, right, Chris? Oh, the the Halo rolling, way. The rolling ten year, their rolling ten year promise, right? <laughs> yeah, that's
1: awesome. Like documented um, on right on on every single website they've got, like um, HaloPSA.com forward slash the Halo way. And it's right there, that statement of like a rolling 10 year commitment that they will not acquire or be acquired. This industry where everything's folding into everything else and the best tools on the market can get bought up and completely cannibalized within a year. There's a a growing tendency in this industry to evaluate platforms based on roadmaps or promises and all of us have been let down by vendor promises before Halo as it stands now it's a great platform with some documentation issues and, and still experiencing a few growing pains. But it's a great platform that, as it stands now, can do almost anything you need of a PSA. I don't know another product that I can sit there and say that does everything I want and gives me the functionality to build the stuff it, it doesn't have. And that's that for me is why Halo is, is, is my choice every time.
0: So, Mikey, you're the infamous creator of the Halo API module, right?
1: Yeah, well, not not alone, not alone. Um, sure. Luke Whitelock, um, you know, a, a, a pretty outstanding automator and, and kind of uh, MSP community contributor in his own right, um, guy behind MSPP.io, always have to remember where that second P comes. Um, he helped get it off the ground. He was migrating to Halo at roughly the same time we did. I think he was about three months behind us. And we were both starting to hit the api and then yeah we kind of came together and 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 the module was born out of that collaboration um it was something i'd started the framework for and then with luke's help it, it grew very quickly in terms of the number of endpoints we covered um and yeah halo themselves were really supportive we had you know virtually direct access to their api devs to unpick how various calls functioned and we hit so many limitations of the API initially, which again, with Halo's pacing, we'd hit an, implementa- an implementation bug where an endpoint didn't work properly. We'd report it to Halo and they'd have it fixed the next day. It was that kind of like, we were hitting a bug and then they were fixing a bug and then we moved on and we hit another one. It was it was a really cool process. Like I thoroughly enjoyed the process of building it.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's another point too, I want to add, like right, I noticed the Halo PSA community is very tight knit and help. They just wanna help the community. Um, and so that, that's 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 pretty inspiring. So um, in your mind, right, uh, the API module, uh, how does it empower MSPs? How does it make them better?
1: So I, weirdly, I think the, the area where it seems to get the most use is migrations. I've had MSPs come to me from, you know, that, that I've, I've never spoken to before, never interacted before, who've just popped up and randomly said like, hey, you know, thanks for the module. It allowed us to migrate from, and then, you know, insert some unknown random service desk tool here. Um, you know, there was a guy who was like, yeah, my, my PSA only exported XML files. So I wrote something to pass the XML files and use the API module to get it into Halo. So it seems to like, it seems to really feature well in people's migrations. I don't get as many stories about people automating with it, but maybe that's just because they don't want me to steal their secret source. Because you know, if you share something with me that you're doing in the module, there's a good chance I'm going to steal it from you. So,
0: right, right. Um, okay. So, in developing the module, uh, what nuances did you take into account, right, to ensure robust MSP support? Um, and like, what are you most proud of?
1: Uh, so, the nuance, what nuances did I take into account to to allow robust MSP support? Um, the honest answer, and you know, do the credit being completely frank, it none. It really was built around the needs of me and Luke at the time. Um, you know that's why it's still PowerShell Seven only because we were both pretty familiar with PowerShell Seven at that point, and we didn't want to write backwards compatible code. Um, we wrote it so it could run in as um, as your function apps. Uh, so yeah, it really was written for our needs. The fact that anyone else is able to use it reliably is really a testament to the MSPs using it more than us and our design choices because we didn't choose to design it for everybody. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Mostly open sourced it so other people do some work on it for me, which has worked well.
0: <laughs> nice. I like that.
1: Um, what I'm most proud of, the community that's built around it, like the number of people contributing stuff and the number of folks it's helped get into Halo, but also automate stuff with Halo. That's what I'm most proud about really is 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 how it's helped people and, and MSPs get into Halo and, and use Halo. That's
2: awesome. And he's not giving himself enough cur- Credit there because the Halo API module, somebody who lives in PowerShell and is also a PowerShell guru, is a technical masterpiece. Um, the pre-flight checks, the way that things are broken out into objects, because there's no match better made in heaven than a web API and a PowerShell REST method. Like it's just, it's just, they just go together so perfectly, and he doesn't give himself enough credit because the Halo API PowerShell module, I think, is probably the single most important community tool that exists uh, for the Halo PSA platform, but also it's done a huge service to the community to bring us automators together, right? I mean, there's probably 10, 12 of us in the world that deal with Halo PSA at this level, right? And we've all been able to connect over Mikey's module. Um, and you know, it's we're building bridges across you know continents here between all of the different integrators and onboarding partners. And there was a cool thing I
1: had to figure out whilst building it, which was if you pull up Halo's API spec, assuming it doesn't crash your browser, and if it does, this isn't a carefully crafted denial of service attack that we we're, we're planned for you. That's just how large it is. It's like fifteen thousand lines of JSON. It's horrific. Um, But yeah, if you pull up that spec, you'll see how many parameters some of the endpoints have, like how many individual possible combinations of parameters there are. And I built a dynamic parameter passing system. So instead of having to hard code like an if-else statement for every parameter, the module just looks at the ones that are set and then converts them to what the API expects formatting wise that was probably my proudest thing and i've taken that and reused it for the printix api ninja one api and a couple of others so yeah that that was a nice thing to figure out
2: that's again technical masterpiece right because you're not kidding like the ticket i think the ticket endpoint for getting post ticket there's like 2400 parameters possible yeah. on that right? Because it's also passing things like the entire client record, the contract record, everything that's attached to that. Um, that's it's impossible. And like we ran into this when we were building the SDK for C sharp. Um, you know, we, we have an internal SDK that we've developed over the last couple of years um, that powers a lot of our, our blazer tooling and, having to class all of those parameters into c sharp classes is the worst thing ever you, there's not a json converter in the world that you can like pop that large of a parameter pool into and get a, a fully formed class out of so it's been a lot of trudging and manual work but at the same time halo's design here is actually quite clever because it makes the api so extensible um and you know yeah the swagger file though right? It's been crashing browsers for at least three years.
1: <laughs> uh, I got it to render the other day, I was quite
3: impressed with myself. First time ever. Um, they must have fixed it then because I've never had <laughs> to render.
1: Yeah, I think it, it I think it might just be running in its own Azure data center. There's just a dedicated AWS data center for that swagger file.
2: Yeah, like they just have an entire clu- a scale-out cluster just that serves that that Swagger file. Absolutely, I can, I can see it.
0: All right, cool. Um, so let's pivot to like Halo PSA features, right? Um, I'm interested in your guys' input on like how the feature set has evolved um, and how does that impacted, you know, helping and
3: supporting like MSPs' growing needs in the marketplace. What do you guys think? that well, you go first yeah that
1: pace with integrations is kind of cool um you know uh they were pretty quick on a sip integration um both a very basic one that came first which was really just custom buttons but they had you know they had some some examples and documented ways of using custom buttons with sip right up to now they're they're the first um psa integrated with sip um and that's kind of a nice marriage they were very quick to support and sponsor SIP and, and now they've got a really tight integration uh, which for us has been phenomenal because we'd written our own so I'm now unpicking our custom integration to use the native one which is not something I've done very often um, which is kind of interesting to watch and may result in some improvements to SIP we'll see <laughs> um yeah, but yeah thank you Kelvin in.
2: for being the inspiration for all of our thievery Aww. over the years
1: yeah, so much stolen from Kelvin. Probably so much year stolen two. from
2: Kelvin. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, but the pace with which they keep up with the industry as well is nice. You know, um their M365 CSP stuff is GDAP compatible. A little bit of a rocky road for them to get there, but they still manage that quicker than basically anyone else I know. I'm not aware of anyone else who got there that quickly with multi-tenant CSP stuff, um, which is really neat to see. They're integrations they're they're really atypical for the MSP world. just the number of integrations they've got into external MSP tools, but also not pure MSP tools which I kind of like. you know I like the fact that they've got the CRM style social media integrations and and they thought of doing the team's bot natively instead of saying, oh just you know go and bolt on this external service that costs as much as your Halo license again. I like that philosophy where they you know they will try and build stuff to, to solve a challenge. Um, and because they've got that quad stream, we get as many PSA MSP features as we get ITSM or, CS, or, or Service Desk or CRM solutions because the way Halo work is they have this bank of development hours and each of those four streams gets a certain allocation of development hours. So we, we know going forward that Halo is going to keep evolving as an ITSM tool, a Service Desk, a PSA and a CRM at roughly the same pace. So we get all these cool features that no other PSA is even considering, because really, most PSAs are really kind of weak CRMs. They if, they usually start from an ITSM background and then completely lose it halfway down the line. Um, but yeah, I'd say most PSAs do get some kind of PSA and service desk working. That's probably the baseline. But yeah, the CRM and, and kind of service desk, ITSM stuff is cool. I like that a lot.
2: Yeah, I think there's probably no other product on the market that can hold a torch to Halo as a, as an ITSM product. Um, just the extensibility and the care that was taken to design the way that ticketing and ITSM works inside of Halo PSA is really second to none. There's you, uh, you would be hard-pressed to find even a ticketing product off the shelf that does ticketing as good as Halo PSA, right? Um, you know, I would say if you need Simple, you need Zendesk, but if you need anything beyond Simple, Halo PSA is probably going to be the play, right? Um, that that help desk style of of ticket processing and, and working with tickets is phenomenal. It's different, and, it, you know, different doesn't mean wrong. They're, you know, kind of redefining a genre of PSA. Okay,
0: so staying on... Um... The topic of integrations, right? Because that was one of the things Mikey initially mentioned. Um, with the rise of, you know, Microsoft 365, Azure, um, how
3: has Halo adapted its integration capabilities to keep up with that? What do you guys think? Um, yeah, I think Halo started from a good place in terms of
1: integrations in terms of breadth, at least as long as I've been using them. um they they had a decent range. and they had integrations that aren't super common elsewhere in the MSP industry. um we're we're a bit weird in the MSP industry. To every single person listening to this podcast who who's ever talked to me before going, Well, duh, you're weird. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, we came from dynamics to Halo, our PSA before. Halo was Microsoft Dynamics, um, and Halo has a cool integration. So Dynamics is still our source of truth for CRM-style data, um, but Halo offered us an integration. It wasn't really a key ask, but it it's there and it works really well. And that's what I found generally with their integrations: is on the whole, they're really solid for kind of your your your, your basic out of the box needs. But when they when when they when they hit, when you hit that limitation where the integration isn't great. We've all done it. We've all used the platform and it has an integration. And we turn the integration on and you start using it, and then you're like, oh, I wish it did this. Well, with Halo, that's just an API call. That's just, you know, that's that that really is easy to fill in the gaps with the integrations. We run the Ninja One integration. We also supplement it with our own Azure function that pulls a bit more information out of Ninja into Halo. So Halo's integrations are solid and they have a really good range. But also, because of the openness of their API, it's really easy to plug the gaps and to to build those newer integrations where Halo aren't aren't quite there yet, which is the awesome. yeah, that flexibility is nice,
2: yeah, absolutely. And you know that sometimes they iterate on these integrations so quickly that you kind of wonder looking at them who this integration is for. And I have to think that sometimes they are for people, but uh, I like to, you know, is give the example that there's several integrations in Halo that probably they didn't really have the context of what they were doing when they built it. Uh, I, I always like to to like dig on the data commerce integration because it's actually it's it's worse than useless. It's actually wrong. And it drives me nuts. And it drove me to so nuts to the point that I had to build my own like order management and reconciliation platform to kind of hook into data commerce. And uh, I wouldn't have been able to do that on ConnectWise or on Autotask, you know, like, but I was only able to do that because of how flexible Halo was. Um, and, you know, the integration capabilities, when we talk about integration with Halo, we're, it's night and day difference to what we're talking about integration with other CRMs where, or even like PSAs or any other ticketing platform where those integrations are a lot of times closed off or they're third-party paid integrations. You don't really, you know, y- you're not going to spend the time and invest the time building your own, you know, Zoho integration for whatever you're doing at your MSP, right? Like nobody's got the time to do stuff like that. And if you do, then you're going to probably sell it. But just the fact that that's possible is the fact that we can, you know, we have so many integrations for Halo Say there's so many more coming all the time. And if we don't like them, we can just do it ourselves, which I think is probably you know, as somebody who is very attentive about the way that I do a lot of things, I I really appreciate the flexibility of that, right? I don't um, stop boxing me into the way that this MSP does something, right? And Halo is usually very good about um, giving you the freedom of flexibility because there's no, you know, depending on where you are in the world, depending on what kind of MSP you are, you're going to do things very differently. Um, and. I guess this is a good thing to kind of segue into the fact that this makes Halo's barrier to entry maybe a little higher than something like ConnectWise or Autotest that out of the box aren't gonna work either, but they may be more, you know, they make, may make better sense out of the box as, as, a, as a, an entirely integrated platform. Whereas Halo, it's kind of like you get to a, a demo Halo instance and you're like, okay, great. Um, i see that i have all of these buttons and i see that there's some stock workflows i don't know how any of this stuff goes together um you know there's maybe no documentation or maybe the documentation is two or three years old and like the windows don't even look like that anymore like where do i even begin um so it's more like halo is a raw set of tools right that you can you know use to really customize your experience and that doesn't mean it's difficult, I guess is my point, right? Because you can take those same tools and you can build guardrails around your processes, around your workflows, around your data, so that it prevents agents from going off of the rails, right? And manually changing a status that might put something into a black hole or you...
1: But you hit the simultaneously. Nail Most importantly, you're building the guardrails around your process, not the process that they have decided to design the product to accommodate your process every time in Halo. And that's what I like seeing when people kind of share how they've got things set up is the breadth of scenarios it will support in different processes is awesome. It really is unique to each MSP that's using it.
2: Yep, and I would say that before I started, uh, you know, before TechPulse had a, an onboarding partnership with Halo in January, I was a very much a Kool-Aid drinker of these are the best practices for the industry as dictated by, you know, C-level ops or whoever our, our overlords are, whoever we like this year in the MSP community, right? Um, and And you know by month two or three i was starting to there's starting to be cracks in my foundation on this and you know now here i am 11 months later and i think best practices is just a buzzword at this point because who's really to decide what our best practices are the best practices you know for a certain type of msp in a certain geographical region are going to be completely different than what they are somewhere else for a different kind of msp and like you can't just hold everybody to this gold standard
1: um I've, I've seen I've, so many. I definitely watched you go on that journey as well. Like initially, you were, you were, you were pretty skeptical of of Halo's approach to things and 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 the system. And you've yeah, you've you've definitely gone on a journey with them, which is awesome. It's kind of cool.
2: Yeah, I you know maybe they gave me some kind of mind control virus, or you know maybe it's a it's a cult, and I'm just drinking the Kool Aid now. I don't know, but you know it, it could seemed... be. But you know at
1: least the robes are cool.
2: Yeah, that's true. The robes are pretty cool. You know, Tim gave me those. Now that I think about it. Um, so the the processes I've seen, you know, a lot, I guess a lot of what we do is MSPs will come to us and they'll be like, hey, we implemented ourselves or we did an implementation with Halo and they got us like 90% of the way there, but it, we need some customizations. And you'll come in and you'll see they'll have very unique, interesting processes that these folks have come up with and implemented in Halo PSA. And you're like, man, that is actually pretty smart. And if I had seen this two years ago, I would have stolen this, but um, I wouldn't have probably even considered it two years ago because it wouldn't have been a best practice, right? And I think the fact that the flexibility of the platform without losing efficiency, there's nothing wrong with using your own unique processes and workflows. If they get the job done for you and they're efficient and they're not error prone, and Halo kind of removes that leash from a lot of them, a lot of us in a lot of ways. We're not restricted to what ConnectWise and SLI says is the best way to do something anymore. We can do anything we want, um, and if we can bring the receipts and show that it works, it's efficient, it's not error prone, then why not? Why not rewrite the rules it's been 20 years 30
3: years these rules were written you know it's it's time to look at things in a more modern way will do um all right so i kind of want to pivot into actual
0: automation um chris i know correct me if i'm wrong but i think you've written a few times about this on msp automator blog right um How have you leveraged, two-part question, really, is what I kind of want to pick your brain about, is how have you leveraged PowerShell and other tooling to enhance Halo's automation potential and capabilities? Um, And what is your favorite, most
2: powerful automation you've written so far? Sure. Um, So how do I leverage PowerShell and other kinds of automations? And, you know, uh, I would say that PowerShell is obviously the core tenant of everything that we're doing automation-wise, um, because like, you don't need to necessarily make things more complicated than they need to be. Um, I Things that I have taken to the next level out of PowerShell and into like C-sharp, Blazor, SaaS-based tooling, um, that's stuff that needs to run very quickly or has a heavy data footprint, things that might be slow in PowerShell, but I still always prototype all my tools in PowerShell. Right, um, so many of the, the custom integrations in the middleware that we've built for Halo is still running PowerShell runbooks or PowerShell Azure Function apps. Um, the the I guess especially when you're working with 2,000 you know parameters on an API endpoint with Halo, it it serves you some justice to use a classless and typeless language like PowerShell. <laughs> um, everything just being an object really saves you the the nightmare of you know those strict type definitions. But uh, you know i would say that powershell being the core tenant of uh, probably all automation we see in the it industry or most of the automation we see in the it industry especially in the msp industry lowers the barrier of entry makes things quicker to prototype bring to production um and just the fact that you can interact with the halo api in powershell makes things just that much easier they're a match made in heaven powershell objects through mikey's module to the to the halo api and backwards again uh, not having to worry about json linting and converting you know things to and from json objects now you just work with everything in an object and you pass that object to the to the PowerShell module and it, it goes off to the API and does the thing um, so you know that answers w- the first question what was the second question that you asked me cuz uh, i just started rambling and lost it um, the most you're like is it your the most powerful or your favorite automation at least right now.
1: <laughs> oh yeah,
2: I have a lot. So my favorite automation is what has now become BillingBot and OrderBot. Um, OrderBot and BillingBot are my babies, right? They were born out of a necessity because of the way that the Pax8 module interacts with Halo PSA's billing is not super useful in some cases. It's If you're small in a small and you just need to count licenses, it's great. Um, But if you need to do more complicated invoice processing and things like that, it's not great. Um, In fact, it could actually set you off the correct path. Um, So BillingBot was one, that was a PowerShell desktop application I wrote a couple years ago to kind of change the way that we were processing the invoice and pushing it into our our, Halo invoices. And that's kind of where I got my start getting really deep into the Halo API. Um so that was my my number one and then my number two is order bot, which was my my middleware that interacts between Dado Commerce and Halo PSA. And that one it has always been a Blazor application. So um it's all written in C sharp. That was where I started writing our C sharp um SDK for Halo PSA, which you know is heavily inspired from the way uh Mikey's module is designed. And when I say heavily inspired, I mean straight up rip-off. Um <laughs> My, my, my pre-flight front function is even called initiate or like start Halo pre-flight check, the same thing that his is. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's um, order by being, you know, just being able to control the life cycle of hardware procurement and link that to Halo PSA in a way that we're A, getting our, you know, financial data out about those orders and also keeping the service delivery team up to date on how that's
3: moving through the process. Those are my two favorite and probably the things I'm most proud of. All right, cool. So, um, Mikey,
0: are there any bounds to what Halo PSA can automate? And if so, how do we push those limits and make it do what we want it to do?
3: I
1: think natively within Halo, yeah, there are definitely bounds to what Halo intend to be accessible automations they're pretty broad especially if you're looking like for, uh, uh, at other comparators and they're about to get a whole lot broader with the automation runbook functionality which is basically halo building a kind of open ended automation platform triggered by the psa um but yeah there are some bounds um but ultimately really considering halo lets you get a webhook notification for almost any activity that takes place in the system that you can use to kick off and as your function or a Cloudflare worker or whatever kind of your flavor of little serverless automation runner is. Yeah, there's there's no practical limit to what you can automate um, and with a bit of know-how and whatever programming language you really choose to code in, you can push the limits to as far as you want them. I can almost guarantee um you know, if 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 this weren't going out to however many thousand people, I'd you know I'd I'd bet actual cash on the fact that I don't think you'll find a platform as extensible as Halo. I think you're more likely to find limitations
3: everywhere else in your stack than you will find one in Halo. Sky is the limit, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, I agree completely.
2: It, that's been my experience too. Right, as we. I have taken this crazy journey of implementing Halo so many times over the last 11 months. I feel like I kind of just, everything in my life now is living in Halo PSA. And (laughs) um, yeah, I definitely find way more uh, limitations in external systems and third-party tooling than I do in Halo. It's usually not a problem of how do I get this data in and out of Halo in the way that I need to work with it. It's usually a problem of how do I get data out of this external system or back into this external system.
3: Um, That's yeah, that's usually where the hang up is. All right. Um so um to to make
0: sure uh whoever's listening to the podcast doesn't think Chris is full of shit. Um or Mikey's <laughs> full of shit, right? With you know, oh it's endless possibilities, right? Or like it's made our MSP so much better. Um I figured I'd talk a little bit about, you know, kind of what for things like at you know, tech pulse at our MSP. Um, and our internal operations and processes and things like that., uh, what were they like before, and how has Halo made them better? So, um so I think this is gonna be useful to a lot of business owners. Um, I think I'm it's important notes to steal stuff, so yeah,. yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's important to leverage, you know the full platform, right? Because like it's a waste of investment if you don't. Um, but some things that stick out right are, no specific metric reporting, right? I think what we were using Chris before Zendesk, Fresh Service, a million other things. Yeah. So many
2: different things. He yeah. wanted to buy Breakage so many times. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a real
0: problem, right? Because even though I have a technical background, I'm not as, you know, into the automations and APIs and scripting like Mikey and, and Chris. You can just say are. nerdy.
1: You can just yes. say
0: nerdy. Okay, I'm not as nerdy. <laughs> That's Chris Apiky. <laughs> they're they're the good kind of nerds, though, right? These are the kind of nerds that we want, right? <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I have my days when I'm not the good kind of nerd. It just depends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like we that that's what MSP business owners do, right? They're like, oh, shiny new toy, right? Like I'm gonna go buy it. It's going to be $600 a month and then half-ass implement it. And then it's just a waste of money, waste of time. It didn't actually accomplish what you needed in the first place. And I've seen that. I've done it. I've lived that life, right? I've seen so many other MSP owners and friends do that. Mikey, everyone's done it. So um, you live and you learn, right? Uh, That's why we make mistakes. But Uh, hopefully
1: uh, we'll see if I can stick with the next (laughs) platform for longer.
0: Next week we'll be talking about new PSA altogether. That's, that's
1: that's the metric. As long as as long as the PSA I choose lasts longer than the previous one, it was a solid decision. That's my metric. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But no, you um, you really will have to fight. the The platform that takes me off Halo will have to offer everything Halo does, with you know completely sewn up documentation, a full API, and probably have to control my coffee machine on a schedule remotely. <laughs> That's, that's the benchmark.
0: Yeah, we'll see if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess, right, like you need everything in one place. And when you're using Zendesk for this and another tool for that, and, you know, you have all your systems are separate, you don't have the data or you got to work really hard and put everything into a SQL database or I don't know, something dumb, right? So I think having all the information in one place um, that really helps you can report on data that you we weren't able to do before at all. Um, you know, and then obviously helps you with getting rid of the other tooling, right? Saves you cost and, and everything's in one place. So um another significant quality of life improvement is billing, right? Um and even before right, billing bot and these other things, right? Just just by implementing Halo properly, I mean we were we were saving so much time, right? Kylie, our VP of operations, you know kissed our feet after we implemented Halo and, you know, we trained her properly and and, and got everything on board because, I mean, she was spending what, Chris, over a week on just monthly invoicing. And that's not including all the hardware and all the, you know, one-offs that we were doing. Uh, But now it's like, I don't know less than a day right so um and saved a lot of time for me too right because i was having to do a lot of manual work with her to reconcile stuff and make sure things are correct and i that's time i did not have right my time could be better uh used elsewhere so um that was huge um and then wasted engineer time as well because when you have your information all these other different systems and none of them integrate together well then your engineers are just wasting time um and in turn you're losing money
1: right there's a question like Business owner to business owner. You know, I own an MSP. I'm technical director for a second one because apparently I don't get, you know, easy life at all. Um, <laughs> but business owner to business owner. I find I sleep better with Halo because I've got the data I need to see business health at a glance. And no platform I used before Halo had enough of data in. I couldn't pull the integration and the data and the state of things into one platform quick enough to see at a glance how am I actually performing now? And Halo gives me that. Do you? Has, have you found that? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's game changing, right? Um, there's two things that keep business owners awake at night, right? That and, you know, am I going to lose money? What, what's going on if I'm not charging my clients enough? All that good stuff. And yeah. then um, are my clients going to get attacked ransomware, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> and so we saw both of those. Uh, that second one, I'll do a plug for Blackpoint, shout out Blackpoint, but that's another episode altogether. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, huge deal, right? It's I've lost so much sleep, you know, over the years on those types of things,
2: so. Um, so like, let me interject here. Um, pulling data out of Halo PSA, reporting, Uh, I find it to be exceptionally powerful, um, but I would say probably 70% of the MSPs that go through implementation have some words about the reporting in Halo PSA. Uh, What is your opinion on that, Mikey?
1: And what would you say to those folks?
2: Because also this is 7 out of 10 people come into the Halo PSA Discord and say this exact same thing. Yeah,
1: I guess I'm kind of atypical here because most of the data we consume from Halo, we don't actually look at in Halo. Halo's native reporting—it's flexible. It's—it's it's kind of powerful. You can—you know—you can—it's—it's a giant SQL engine, which means it's—it's it's simultaneously the biggest pig in the world to use, because um, you've got to learn the SQL structure and yeah, just look at the Swagger file and then imagine that scattered among tables that have names that don't make sense with fields that don't match what's in the API. Uh, oh yeah, and, and you personal start to get... favorite you start to get in, into, the, into the weeds of, do I really want to do this? But once you build the reports, one of the things it offers me that no platform before has offered is if I can stick with the SQL for longer than it takes me to pull out my last remaining hairs um, and get a report built, those reports you can consume as JSON via the API. So the actual report you build in Halo that runs on their server side and, and does all its computation on on on, on their dollar on your cloud subscription fee, you can just pull the results live out of the platform as JSON and do whatever you want with them. So we've got some some cool dashboards built with, uh, with Grafana that, that show us live stats from Halo, that are being pulled on a cycle from a report that exists in Halo. So supercharging what they offer is cool, but they've also got reporting improvements coming. Just, they need to just be a little quicker with them. I want to see them now. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and what you mentioned there about consuming the report as a JSON from the API, you will sometimes come across fields that are not exposed evidently in the API, right? And, or sometimes you can't get the data from the API without, you know, 7,000 API calls to aggregate it and correlate it across different endpoints. But what you can do is just create a report that gives you that data exactly the way you want to consume it, and then hit the API to pull that report. And Halo will generate your report and feed you the entire JSON object with everything that you want exactly in the format.
1: That's what we use for our um, our license reconciliation yeah. with 365. Why should I write Halo this compl- report?
2: Yeah. Yep. Because like, why bother? You know, writing an algorithm to parse all this data, pull it out, and then display it the way I want when I set those columns up in that report in Halo and consume the JSON object. And that's done all the work for me. Um, Yeah, that's a super powerful thing that a lot of people probably don't know you can do. Um, And we actually do that in our SDK. Uh, A lot of the reports that we'll generate will actually programmatically create the report by pushing it into the instance. And then we'll pull the JSON objects out of the report because it's faster than actually setting up and configuring the way to pull that data holistically
1: yeah that's the cool thing is you know that, that that whole everything uses the API thing goes back to you can consume reports via API and you can create them via API. um so you can you know that that push pull mechanism is really cool.
2: And yeah, and now with custom integration runbooks and you know integration methods, now it's like APIception because now you can webhook out, webhook back in, and then the Halo <laughs> API will Halo API itself, and you know do anything you tell it to do. Um, which I still yeah. maintain. Whoever came up with that that idea for that implementation inside of Halo P. S. A. Whatever you're paying them, Tim, it is not enough because they are brilliant. That is the single coolest thing I've They are, but also they I've break seen. my brain
1: fundamentally yeah. they break my brain I struggle I'm like what platform am I in? am I in again and and where are things and
2: <laughs> it reminds me of jira script and that actually I hate that but um yeah in the I mean trying to figure it out the first time was quite the challenge but once I got it the documentation ran through chat gpt and I was like hey chat gpt what the hell does this mean Um, And, you know, it it explained it like I was five. Because you get, like, one little tooltip for each field, and it's, like, 20 fields, and, like, none of this makes sense. This doesn't mean anything to anybody sane. And, well, ChatGPT figured it out and taught me. But, you know, coming soon in a video near you. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, How much longer do we have you, Mikey? Like, eight more minutes? You got to go? Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. So um, one more thing I want to mention, I think it's really important, though, on this subject is client satisfaction, client experience, right? Um, I, I tell my team all the time, hey, I don't sign your page checks, the clients do. <laughs> so make sure they're happy, right? Um, so, be, you know, but before Halo, right, at times our client experience was poor um, because we had, you know, long wait times to do something, right, the engineers had to jump through hoops to get something simple completed, um, like onboarding, offboarding, things like that, um, human error right? We're using auto, uh, automations now to decrease the probability of human error um, and things like that. So I think it's been great. Um, Mike, I may have to steal some of those Grafana reports from you. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing some really cool stuff actually. Uh, Chris built some stuff in Power BI for uh, like client reviews and stuff uh, to where we can display the data in those meetings. So um, yeah. there's
1: all kind of I'm stuff moving you can more do. i to Power BI as well recently. Yep.
3: Yeah. I have had, I had a Grafana
2: I have had a Grafana subscription for three years that Tyler has been paying for, and I, oh, I want to use Grafana so bad. I love it. Uh, and then every time I get in there, I'm like, oh, it's been six months. This looks completely different, and everything that I learned last time is now useless. And I feel like everyone else is porking my prom date, and I should be, oh. you know, <laughs> working with Grafana much more than I am. Um, it, it's on my agenda someday, when I maybe when I'm retired. But... Yeah. <laughs>
1: Grafana is technologically cool, and I and I love it for that. Um, and it's well put together. I just the reason we're moving Power BI is because that's what we're using with clients. And the more expertise we can build with it in house, the more we can help clients build stuff with it. Um, it. Client experience is 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 massive though. Like the Halo portal and and the service catalogs and and the kind of automation potential we can do out of Halo is immense for client experience. So Halo has given us the ability to Implement or to, or to bring in um, LLM large language model AI, not that I you know I'm a little skeptical of calling it actual AI, but you know that's a semantic point. It's allowed us to bring that in to how we operate and what we do in in a measured and responsible way. Um, you know we see the kind of um, what what I call the bargain bucket platforms like um, Atera and Synchro bringing in you know, chat GPT to write scripts in really kind of dangerous and irresponsible ways, whereas Halo's API and flexibility have allowed us to bring it in, in a way where we're we're way more comfortable with what data it's consuming and what it's doing. And we were kind of pushing this early uh, as an MSP. We were pushing kind of Azure Machine Learning from when we started with Halo. So we had, you know, it, it doing kind of ticket triage checks and stuff in Halo pretty early on, and that's now moved over to a GPT model in Azure OpenAI um that's probably been the most impactful thing um because it means you know rather than having a single kind of human dedicated to doing triage and slowly sucking their soul out um through through that that destroyer soul destroying process the initial triage step is handled by um our open ai model and then really a human just reviews that decision and, and kind of confirms it just to make sure it looks sane. Cause you know, sometimes it does go a little off the rails and thinks you know, this person's describing a PowerPoint issue. Oh, that's a, a security threat and it rapidly escalates it up to critical. It doesn't happen often anymore, but initially that was a fun challenge of working out why it was suddenly going off the rails. <laughs> um, How did
2: you get yours to stop being surly? Because mine, when I tried to train anytime I try to train an open AI model, uh, you know, uh, or an Azure Open AI model on our data, it becomes surly and mean. And I don't know <laughs> if we're just mean to our customers, or <laughs>
1: yeah. we didn't. We do tend, we do tend to be fairly slightly more direct and 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 surly. Um, so you know, maybe Open AI is just very British in its approach to things. Maybe, maybe when you train an AI, what it's secretly telling the world is that the British way is best, and you do just need to be direct and surly with folks. <laughs>
2: Man, I feel like we fought a war about this, but yeah, you might be right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, we we've tuned some of the language just to make sure it kind of you know tries to go more down the constructive route because it 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 does have a tendency at times to be blunt to the point where it does sound like it's mocking their lack of knowledge. Um, yeah, we've we've done a fair bit of training on that as well, um, dialing up how creative it is. Uh, Seem to help, but obviously that does mean that sometimes it invents things. Um, so it it in it invented functions in PowerPoint and was quite prepared to suggest that a function existed in PowerPoint that has never existed. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, it's a fun journey, but it does save us time, and it means that really those human kind of triage checks we spread them among the team, so everyone kind of mucks in and gets a bit of you know keeps a finger on triage without us having to employ a dedicated person to handle that, which is nice. Yeah, that's probably our most impactful one, for sure.
0: If you could go back to the day before, like the day you started Halo uh, implementing Halo, right, internally at your MSP, what piece of advice would you give yourself?
1: You're gonna regret this for the next six to eight months and then you're gonna love it. Um. No, uh fair, yeah. fair. Okay. Um, I probably would have gotten Tim's direct phone number straight off the bat rather than email or, or or Discord handle. Um our Halo implementation we really started from not really using a proper PSA. So we didn't really have existing processes we tried to bring with us. So we kind of redesigned our processes at the same time as implementing. Um And what I probably would give my advice to myself is, like, make sure you've got your processes documented, because even if you don't have them documented now, like, take the effort to document them before you make a major change to how you, to what tools you use to operate, because really that documentation will help you also review those processes before you start setting them into that technical model in Halo and it's a really good thinking point we did it after we implemented and we had to go back and change a bunch of stuff because we sat down and we wrote out our processes and what they looked like and then we started making changes like oh that's that's a redundant step but halo was kind of forcing that step on us from how we'd built out so yeah start from like project planet properly basically um and i think i that really when we implemented into halo there wasn't really third party implementers kicking around there weren't, you know, there weren't the tech pulses or the the Renardas or or the other folks out there doing awesome implementation stuff, which I'm kind of jealous of, because our, our Halo stuff probably would've been awesome. But you probably wouldn't have Halo API module if if we had had more of an implementation, because they wouldn't have been trying to fix stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, project plan, definitely write out the processes and and you know document how you want things to look process wise and then fit halo to how you want to operate rather than trying to fit how you operate to what halo does and work with an implementation partner for crying out loud work with an implementation partner whether it's halo or or one of the excellent like third party guys that work with halo go with an implementation partner you'll thank yourselves this is not like this is not the whole uh, you know ConnectWise or Kaseya-style Sting, where you they're like, you know, uh, this is what you pay for your PSA, and then there's this mandatory onboarding thing that you're not really going to get anything from. You will get something out of it. Everyone I've spoken to who's gone through an implementation with third-party implementers or Halo have had a really great experience as a result of that choice.
2: Yep, it's not something you can pick up and do yourself. It's really not. Uh, I tried. No. I, I and I, I, I managed
1: but but yeah. i i i, I I'm, I'm the one that breaks the mold because it was hard it was really hard going
2: yeah it's tough and especially because it's not documented right and it's you know what is documented is not maybe necessarily <laughs> super helpful um and i don't I, I try not to hold it against them because i i try to give them the benefit of the doubt and say you know this is such a complicated product that evolves so quickly how do you document this in a way that would make sense to people who aren't us who don't live in this system all day, every day for years, right? Um, yes. It's it's very difficult. And I think that's where they've hit the rope. I don't think that it, they haven't tried. I think that it's just one of those things that's just really hard to do. How do you do it in a way that makes sense?
3: Yeah. Okay. Right.
2: You have
0: question, You have time for one more, mic,
1: or you got to run? No, I've got, I've got time. Yeah, one more question. Okay. Cool. All
0: right. Um, so, Micah, can you speak on how far Halo PSA has come since you began working with it, and um, maybe kind of, you know, from your knowledge of you of you know what's upcoming, right, uh, in the future with Halo? What are you most excited about, um, and what still excites you to this day from the beginning?
1: So, how far Halo's come? Uh, we'll, we'll start start there. Um, it's come a really long way, um, you know. And not just in terms of the big kind of you know big ticket features like the 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 overhaul of the CSP stuff and and that coming through, because that didn't exist when we first started. that was that was kind of in its infancy then. Um, right through to kind of you know the little tweaks that they've made as a result of feedback. though just those 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 very small quality of life tweaks to how it behaves in certain scenarios have been huge. Um, and I'm a real fan of like quality of life tweaks in software. You know, I think you can often achieve just as much with a, with the small tweak that bugs everybody as you can with a big new feature that your biggest client is crying out for, um, and a mixture of the two is really what you need to be balancing. Um, if it's all big ticket stuff, you're gonna, you're gonna pee people off. Really. You're gonna, you're gonna piss people off a lot. Cause big, big new functionality comes with bugs. If you you do your big new functionality with a bunch of small quality of life enhancements, which if you've ever looked at Halo's release notes, they do every release. You get one or two big things, and then you get like 400,000 quality of life enhancements. Um, Most I've ever
2: seen is 803 bugs and QOL fixes in one (laughs) patch note. 803.
1: 803 is nuts. And especially as that release probably took place over the course of a month since the previous one. Yeah, it's nuts. It's a crazy cadence.
0: I think that's huge right because like i'll pivot to like ninja right like we love ninja but like why not fix some of the core issues and bugs that people complain about in your rmm before trying to become a, a psa right like try to be really good at what you're you know, kind of set off to be versus trying to add a bunch of new shiny features and still have problems all over
1: the place. So yeah, which to be is is feedback, you know, ninja have been given before, especially by me. (laughs) Um, But also that ninja are, you know, they're starting to listen to we have, we've got, like, if you are a ninja customer, you've got some cool stuff to look forward to in the next six to eight months, um, which is nice. Yeah. Same with Halo, though, like, pivot back to your, 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 the other part of your question about like, what am I excited about upcoming with Halo automation runbooks really excited for where that develops into. Um, yeah, really keen on, on, on kind of the power that offers, but also the ability to get rid of quite so much spend on Azure function compute. We <laughs> can bring some of that back into Halo. Great. Yeah, great. Because yeah, we've got a ton of automation running around Halo. And Yeah, it's it'd be nice to centralize and standardize where it's running.
2: Yep. my I'm always going to wonder how they're going to rate limit <laughs> the integration runbook because yeah. you've already got the API rate limit. Are they going to rate limit runbooks using the API against itself? Because if so, then that might throw a monkey wrench into things. But um, yeah, right now, pretty- as, as far as I know, mm-hmm. you can webhook back into Halo and that's not affected by the rate limit because I use that to cheat some mechanisms myself. But <laughs> Now that I've said that, oh. Tim's furiously writing an email to Morgan and telling him to fix this, but.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, overall, like, I'm really happy with the choice of Halo. I don't think there's another platform that I would rank alongside Halo as a, as a viable choice for, for how we operate now. And if automation is where you're going, if that's your goal, it's definitely the one to watch. It's
3: definitely the platform to be really giving serious consideration to deal. All right, I think we're good, Mikey. Cool. Well,
1: it's been a it's been a pleasure. It's been awesome. Loved it. Chance <laughs> to nerd out on a Friday afternoon. Thanks for thanks for coming on this ride with us. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. It's it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, uh,
2: Mikey. Really enjoyed having you. So um... I, I
1: appreciate the the invite. It's yeah. It's been awesome. Look forward to seeing what the final product you come up with looks like after you've edited out. You know. I think it's got a lot of work ahead of her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh. <laughs> All right. Thanks, cool. Mikey. Nice right. meeting you finally. Thanks, man. guys. All right. So that wraps up uh, episode one.
0: So, one, nice. we did it. We did it. Uh, we want to thank Mikey for joining us as our guest today. Uh, it was great having you on, Mikey. And, um, you know, this is our first episode. Um, we're hoping to do a, a bunch more, more and, you know, maybe do several seasons of this. Um, we're hoping to have other industry experts on here, um, some vendors in the MSP industry, um, whatever we can do to get the information out there to, to help MSPs like ourselves you know operate and run better. So um, We're gonna uh, push our podcast out to all the typical podcast channels and YouTube as well. Um, so subscribe and catch up with us uh, there. And uh, we'll also leave our links on how you can contact us, drop us some
3: feedback as well and what you'd like to see in the upcoming episodes. Uh, But until then, thanks for joining us. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Mikey.